0: I'm Chris Reback. This is Startup Conversations. What does Descartes have to do with VR analytics? Well, I just finished talking with Alexander Hock, CEO of RetinAd, which positions itself on the cutting edge of analytics for virtual reality. You're going to love this conversation. I was really looking forward to talking with Alex. Given that VR is still early in its life cycle, this puts him on the cutting edge of the cutting edge. I mean, for VR to grow in ways that make sense for companies and brands and advertisers who look to monetize the medium, we're going to need to understand a lot more about user behavior and action, what we do in VR and why we do it. But it turns out Alex has a unique background and way of looking at things. He seems to sit at the intersection of technology and philosophy. The result was real tactical insights for brands and advertisers about content and placements and results mixed with fresh thinking, including the question, what if we're all living in VR right now? Anyhow, I really enjoyed the conversation. I think you will too. Alex, thanks for joining me. I appreciate it.
1: Thank you so much, Chris. I appreciate being here.
0: Where are you today?
1: I am in uh, blustery and, and windy Montreal.
0: Okay, well that's got to end soon, right? I mean, it's uh, it's long enough winter there.
1: Yes, when I when I but luckily, given that we're talking about VR, I can just throw on my headset and escape uh, at <laughs> weather and other unfortunate life circumstances in a whim now. So I'm.
0: <laughs> I can, and and I'm all like, of all of a sudden, you're in Fiji.
1: Exactly. Okay. But it's not as hot. I will say that. So I still got to get some sort of like virtual, like or like, turn on the heater. Like sixty degrees,
0: you know that could be the that could be the new new thing, you know VR VR heat VR. Uh, well, I guess it just exists. It's uh, heating and air conditioning. It's reality. It's not virtual. <laughs> Should we start a company? Yeah, let's start a company. Yeah, let's start. Let's start. Let's start, let's start with a question. Um, and I, I really wanted to start with. I, I mean, I wanted to throw you a softball um, to begin with. You know, to kind of lure you in. Um, and I thought this was a simple question, but the more folks I talk with in the industry, um, I realize it's not as simple as it seems. What's VR? I mean, there's not really a definite, uh, definitive agreement within the industry around the term. How do you define it?
1: Oh, man. Okay, so in a previous life, I was a philosophy major, so you, you, <laughs> you're bringing me down a great rabbit hole.
0: Okay, uh, talk, to want- me. talk to me, Descartes.
1: Yeah, exactly. Do you want my, do you want my like philosophy bites podcast answer that will take 45 minutes of rambling to get to, uh, and then you'll just be sad and not know what, who you are anymore, but no, but seriously. So my, my real answer would be virtual reality is, is, I don't know. There's like so many semantic differences. So I'll start off by saying my knee jerk reaction, which is people will say, let's say 360 degree video. Can you constitute that as virtual reality? Uh, or is it more of the like CGI-based stuff? For me, I think the one condition to consider something to be virtual reality is as long as you're convinced enough uh, that the situation and the environment around you um, is real, although it is a representation or simulation, um, then it's considered virtual reality. So it could be a, really a subjective thing. Uh, and there can be maybe no objective answer. So if I, for instance, am smelling something, uh, and it's transporting me back to my childhood or a, a situation in my life, is that, is that VR maybe at its like lowest level? Um, but I know a lot of people will scream at me and yell at me and say, no, it's something that you plug, like it's a headset you plug into <laughs> to your computer. Um, I don't know. Is that is that like a decent answer? I have no idea. You literally hit me with like one of the big, <laughs> biggest.
0: Yeah, sorry, and I, I I really. I mean, you got to believe. I didn't mean to, but um, you know, it it as i have talked with more and more folks no your you, your answer um is very consistent with what i hear i mean it's a really hard thing um to you know literally define um which maybe makes um you know my next question that it may it may actually provide the answer to the next question i had um which gets you know more directly into uh what you do and uh what Retina, retinad does um for a living which is wh- why is vr measurement hard
1: what we do essentially is track user behavior and virtual reality. So everything from the number of users inside of a VR experience to where they're looking and the, the, the headset position within the virtual environment. So we can track, you know, how long are you spending looking at um, like a Coke, Coke can uh, or more directly applicable for creatives, which is, you know, did you react, did the user react uh, to a visual or audio response? That makes uh, measurement, to answer your question directly, I mean, measurement is so important because you wanted to be able to decipher and analyze how your experience is working. Uh, and what's really cool is that, you know, because it's so closely related to, to reality is that you can start quantifying and understanding really at the base of it, human behavior. Uh, so that's super interesting to me.
0: And so what should be measured? In VR and, and that sense of human behavior, and really, I mean, there is an intersection here in a way, and you really were a, a philosophy major, because there, there's an intersection in, you know, between VR and philosophy. I mean, you're starting to get into, you know, how do you measure human behavior? And, you know, with virtual reality, that's really what you're getting at in a, in a you know, in a way that you, even deeper, I think, than you do in just regular um, digital media so w- when right. you start to think about the measurements what aspects are, should you you know can you be measuring what aspects are you measuring is it you know is it where people look is it what actions they take um, you know when they cycle off and and how do you get from the what they are doing uh, again to stick with our philosophy theme um, to the why they're doing it
1: I'll give you kind of two answers. So one from the retinal perspective and then one from from the general perspective, which is what to answer you, what, what can you measure within VR and how do you analyze that? So if you're a company, let's say like iMotions uh, or iFluence, which was recently acquired by Google, what you're trying to do is really understand um, – How a user is, is acting from, from different data points. So the human body is an incredible machine. So you can measure like, uh, using like galvanic skin response, how somebody's, uh, sweat, which is an indication of, you know, their reaction to a stimulus or their pupil dilation, uh, which is again another data point for measuring how they're reacting to a stimulus. Or you can measure heart rate or any of the kind of more classic and and traditional methods of human behavioral measurement now where it gets interesting in vr is the fact that if you look at the headset as rather than it just being a, a vr device but really at a scientific level what the hardware components inside of the headset have what happens is that the headset unravels itself as incredible scientific device so you're able to look at the let's say imu so this is what Retinat does the imus being the uh the sensors inside inside of the headset, similar to what your phone has, to help it with like G- GPS tracking. Yep. Um, so you're able to to so the motion really the motion unit. So really, what it's doing is saying, okay, if I'm, I'm moving around, you know, what what should be visually represented in front of me? So what we're doing is we're we are at the render level, we're taking that data and we're saying, okay, how is the user moving around uh, just with their head at a first level, and then if we can think about more that uh, with 360 degree content. Um, and what does that mean? So that's the why. So if you have, let's say, and that's the understanding, not so much on a kind of a, a biometric level, but more of a, a bit of a higher level, which is, OK, let's say there's an audio or visual response. So it's more in-content analytics and in-content measurement and how that affects you, um, affects the human, human body, but most specifically the head and how you're moving your head around, because that's such an important part of the VR experience then we can know um, how to make an experience better. Uh, but the why is, is a great question, one we're struggling with, with every day, and that's the biggest challenge of our company, uh, is understanding, okay, we can measure things, but, you know, again, the philosophy brandon in me is going, you know, you can't, you can't ever really know, the data is just, the data sets we get are, are tremendous. So it's hard to, to unearth meaningful uh, patterns from that, and then tell that to, let's say, a marketing agency. Uh, that in relevance, does that make
0: sense? Yeah, it, it it absolutely it does. And so, do you to to get to the why? Do you th- is it maybe a combination of do you, how do you bring in user commentary? Does that then? I mean, you, you feel it feels like you have this intersection of the data uh, and and this incredible amount of data that you're gathering from the actual literal human actions, you know, human behaviors, how I move my head, where I put my eyes, how, you know, my body, you know, sweats or what my pupils do. And, and there's all this, this, this data that you can collect and I'm sure that you can infer uh, a bunch of why and, and I'm sure what, you know, makes or will make, uh, you guys great is the ability to do that in ways that are, uh, meaningful and thoughtful and, and better than others. At the same time, do you, do you, is there a, um, old fashioned, you know, leather shoe talk to the, the user and say, look, when this was happening, you know, talk to me. Can you talk to me about why you did it? Or do people not know? Do, do we not know why we do things?
1: Right. Yeah, just the kind of uh, the scientists with their with their pen and paper, just noting user behavior, and just yeah. why. <laughs> not yeah. something as complex as, as what we have, for instance. So, uh, yeah. So let me let me start by saying this. So what we have is a is a plugin for the Unity game engine and a JavaScript plugin for for the web. So it just sits. It's a software layer. It's nothing to do with hardware. So a lot of people when they're thinking, what we do is is really hardware related, like extra sensors. Uh, and additional sensors to gather, let's say, like, a, like again, like human behavior. But we're not at all touching that. We just work with uh, those who create the content to understand what they're doing. Um, so we are a layer in between the like biometric stuff and then what you're saying, like the the higher level pen and paper stuff. So there's a company called Fishbowl that's based out of LA. The CEO's great, great guy, great friend, Jeff Scow. And he, what he does is um, quality assurance testing, QA testing for virtual reality experiences. And he just gets users to uh, have like a Logitech ca- camera, record their experiences in VR, and then give their thoughts as they're walking through. So classic kind of like UX and UI, uh, like um, stress testing, he does it for VR as well. So that's like one of the best analytics tools if it's not really an analytics tool but really like a, an analysis tool that exists out there and we would then sit in, on top of that and and uh help out but yeah that great distinction to be made because um yeah you, being able to go from just looking at what a, beha- a user is doing is probably even way more relevant than uh for as like a first order of knowing how like uh how your your experience is performing then like even before getting to our tool which is once it's in the wild you want to make sure that at scale how like millions of users are responding
0: yeah I, as look as a lay person that that's a great explanation you just gave because you know from my point of view um which is uh you know knowing just enough to be dangerous Um, I, I can see, I, putting those two together, what you just described, um, that could be really powerful. I could, uh, you can see how that could make sense. So, where are we, would you say, in the life cycle of VR measurement? I mean, we're still, I would think, at the infancy of VR itself. Maybe not the infancy. I guess we're a little bit beyond the infancy. That's not fair. But, but, you know, we're not, we're not, you know, fully aged, uh, you know, older people in terms of, uh, the VR industry. We're still pretty young. Um, what about within VR measurement? Where do you feel like we are in the life cycle there? So
1: there's been some incredible, incredible research that's come out of UCSF and the Stanford VIHL, which is the virtual human interface lab. If I'm not mistaken, done by Jeremy Balanson and Adam Gazali respectively from those, from those faculties and colleges. So I would say that, um, pro- contrary to popular belief, I, A lot of VR research has actually been done prior to great, like good enough consumer VR, which we have today, as you correctly noted, um, has been actually been done. So there's an an incredible book called Infinite Reality by Jeremy Billinson, who's a professor at at Stanford, who has basically compressed 15 years of VR research and uh, all of his notes on human behavior within a VR headset into this like phenomenal 200 page book. Uh, you can, uh, if I can plug it. I mean, I just bought off Amazon, so super super easy. And uh, no, really, for not, like a a life changing book. If you're a VR enthusiast or even looking to enter the VR realm, it just allows you to digest uh, what what the effects are of VR on the human brain in terms of let's say an empathy machine, which is what what we like to say within the industry. If you're like Chris Milk, uh, one of the uh, better known VR names and directors, and uh yeah, so the research that's been done is has been again to, has preceded i think the V R headset itself so in that way we're not the re, the it's almost like the V R headsets are more in their infancy so now where we could get and i think this is what facebook noted at their face uh, their FATE conference the f eight conference the two days ago yeah they're seeing some really creepy things um Like the brain, the human brain, like computer interface. So being able to, I guess through like an EEG, I have no idea how they do this, but basically understand your brain waves within a VR headset or AR device, and then be able to like alter the, the your reality around you when you're in a your VR headset. I don't know. It sounded very like DARPA, right. futuristic, crazy stuff.
0: Uh, but I, I'm sure. I'm sure if you just you know just shoot Mark a note, uh, I'm sure yeah. he'd be more than happy to explain it to you. Yeah,
1: yeah that would be great, right? right? I really just I'll shoot him one now. We'll see yeah. what he says
0: by yeah. the end of this. <laughs> That'd be great um and and so uh did did i cut you off i'm sorry was there more that uh you wanted to talk about about where we are on the life cycle or uh did you did i did i let you finish your point
1: no no i think that that's pretty much it for that i mean it's just it's young it's interesting what exists there's a lot more that can be done uh and facebook is going to do incredibly
0: terrifying things in a good way hopefully and so actually riffing off that, um, when you talk with – I'm sure brands and advisor uh, and advertisers, um, they want to understand exactly what you're talking about and kind of more importantly – what you're learning, right? They're thinking every day about, um, you know, what should we be thinking about in terms of the content? How should we be thinking about placement? What, so, you know, what should we be thinking about in terms of um, results? What makes a good result? What types of results can we hope for and 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 look for? So, um, what what are your from 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 the research that you've done, from the data that you've gathered, the analytics, the algorithms that you run off of that? Um, what do you tell brands and advisors and uh, advertisers? And maybe you need to split those into two. but what are your top tips
1: yeah great question so right off the bat getting a user to look around within the first 10 seconds of an experience leads to a user enjoying experience way more than if your content does not succeed in that so to put that in layman's terms if I don't have compelling content that gets you to move your head, which is essential within a VR headset, more essential than, let's say, you know, you looking at a screen on, on the web or mobile and like dashing your eyes across like text or a visual component. Uh, it It is so it cannot be emphasized enough how important that is within VR. So our research that we did, uh, we did a case study with our white paper with Yahoo and we ran basically six pieces of copy, three types of, uh, photos and three types of videos consumed within a VR headset. And there's one that we, we had done, uh, I actually can't name one of the bigger, at uh, online streaming movie, uh, companies. I'll let you kind of put two and two together there. So we, we found that this experience that had like, had, uh, hit the user over the head by saying like, look around the like monsters behind you, like turn around that, even though it was so obvious. Um, and almost obnoxious the way it was done. It, it was just users loved that because it had them understanding that they could look around. So that's one of the hardest things you can do as a brand is, uh, as a creative agency as well is, oh, right. The VR headset, you shouldn't take it for granted. You, you actually can be exposed to this 360 degree and 3d world, uh, get the user to do that. Cause most users, uh, even though a lot have interacted with VR, don't actually know how to interact, uh, let's say, properly. And that's also a function of there not being good grammar and good language. So uh, that's like the top. That Those are all the kind of tips is just literally just get your user to look around.
0: That's the top one. And, you know, it, your answer um, makes me think back about, uh, you know, the previous uh, item we were just talking about, about life cycle. And you can totally imagine, I can imagine at least, and you please correct me if I'm wrong, that – um, you know, if we have this conversation a year from now, or maybe even three years from now, your guidance will be to, uh, brands or to content makers and advertisers quit treating the users like they don't know what they're doing. You know, they've been here right. before. You don't need to tell them that the monster's behind them because they know instinctively they better look there because otherwise, you know, the monster's going to be on their back.
1: Right. Right. That's actually very true. And some of the most successful creatives use audio. It's not even a visual thing uh, so audio is one of the most powerful things to just get user i know it's all of these sound really obvious it's just from a creative perspective we don't know what works so uh you're absolutely right i, I can't wait to see the results and the way it changes within uh within the next year hopefully that happens uh although i'm a skeptic at heart so i will uh i'll let you know i don't know
0: i'll, st- I'll stand by what, what about churn uh obviously that's got to be something folks worry about
1: yeah so getting a user to to come into an experience and and Not leave uh, is one of the the metrics that we or how long it takes within before they do leave. So leaving being um, calculated by either them exiting the experience within the headset or just taking off the headset entirely, which we can measure. So that's that's a huge problem. So the, the kind of thorny thing we do not want to talk about within the industry or, you know, at least brands will talk about very openly is a lot of VR sucks. Chris, being totally honest with you, a lot of it just is not very compelling. Um, the hardware, just you know, the we're used to TVs, just ha- have become amazing. Um, so people, when they're exposed to a VR headset for the first time or even tenth time, are just like, yeah, well, you know, why why would I do this in VR? So they'll leave and and they'll churn and they'll and they'll exit the experience. And this is keeping brands and other creatives uh, away from from the medium entirely and just kind of opting for the more traditional to, to either build for more traditional kind of devices. So yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a huge problem that we're, we actively measure and, and we're, we're trying to correlate that to even like camera maneuvers. So one of the biggest things is motion sickness as well as like sometimes the content can be great. It's just the camera itself, the way it was used in, in, director direct terms and in, in, produ- in production is very poor. So we look for like frame rate drops or if the, like the scene itself is, is too jittery, this will just get people to go, okay, like I I can't take any more. So telling, telling directors, okay, just cut this scene out. I know it's great, but it's just not working. Cut it out, uh, has been very helpful as well to hope. The way I like to think about it is that we're hopefully pioneering, helping the pioneers, uh, continue to pioneer.
0: Yeah. And uh, I think you are. And that's, uh, you know, I think that is where, you know, a lot of the stages, all right, which which segues to and in, and in, uh, you know we may end up uh, devolving back into philosophy here, but I find myself yeah. wondering a lot about um, the overall ecosystem and how it will evolve and what comes first and you know we, we, you know what's the chicken and what's the egg so yeah. you know and and all of this really in terms of monetization. Um, So you've got hardware, you've got content, you've got the software, you've got the advertisers, you've got the brand, you've got the analytics and and measuring firms and, you know, trying to figure out the data and and really analyzing what's going on. And everyone – each of those parts needs the other parts to be not only engaged but advancing – and so, you know, how do you think about that? So first of all, do you know, am I, you know, am I thinking about that correctly from your point of view? And, and, and how do you think about it? How do you think that things evolve? Do, do one of those aspects, um, act as the leader? Um, is there a follower? Does everyone kind of need to move, you know, step and, and in, in line? How do you view it?
1: Yeah, Great, great question. And the philosophy part is, is really just nagging at me. I mean, I, the curveball you threw me is the first question. Uh, you know, what is what is VR is, is still nagging me because there, there's just – if I could just like uh, throw, throw a curveball here and, and derail the conversation for a second, I'm just thinking about in the back of my mind how uh, there's like a secret force apparently of billionaires in Silicon Valley that are funding tons of scientific research to – basically prove that we're in a simulation right now and this (laughs) line of thinking this line of thinking has also gone up like 10x on google search queries apparently like is this all just a simulation like i'm talking about like real reality or the reality that we live in right now so yeah i mean on on that note like what it what will come first for for i guess vr uh you definitely as you highlighted correctly you definitely need the first mover you need that first kind of huge company, which was, I think, which was Facebook that did it when they acquired Oculus. That's that's kind of the obvious answer. But since then, there's been, I guess, no real major move, no real other player entering the game. Magic Leap, I've heard uh, from the augmented reality standpoint, which was a $1.5 billion company uh, or funded company with the likes of like Google and, and other notable venture capitalists out of Silicon Valley. They, they've they had like a lot of negative press surrounding them lately as well. So who from from the their and their uh they were supposed to be a headset manufacturer for augmented reality. So what will come first uh I hope will be some guy like Steve Jobs esque out of a garage or in some in a basement somewhere that just builds a really compelling experience that gets everyone to go, okay, like this is this is great. And it even if it's choppy, even if it's not a 4K TV. Um, the content itself, regardless of how crap or not up to standard, the, the hardware is, um, as long as the content is moving and compelling and can, can show you something a little bit different, um, that you cannot experience with anything else that will, will, will set off uh, a hellfire. And look, they, it kind of exists in, in, in bits with different pieces of content, um, but again like I don't think it's a a lot of people say it's it's a hardware problem but I don't think it really is. I think you can get a really compelling experience now and I hope that that's what's done.
0: And so going off of that point and and you know getting highly practical if you will. Are there certain verticals or certain industries that you look at or maybe that you're, you know, as you think about the data and the analytics that you pull from so many different um, use cases? Are there certain verticals or industries that are um, primed to act now for which, you know, VR right now is is better suited? Mm. Different
1: verticals or industries. Wow. Yeah. You know, actually, gaming
0: or shopping yeah. or, you know, you know right. travel, you, you know, which what are you saying?
1: Right. I actually run uh, the non-gaming VR meetup out of uh, San Francisco as well, if you, in case you didn't know. The, the yeah, listeners, no, I didn't know. Yeah, so that, that that's everything that's not games. I mean, the title can tell you more <laughs> uh, kind of black and white. So non-gaming VR. So all, we have companies from different verticals that, you know, from travel, tourism, construction, uh, even like therapy and VR. I'd say the most compelling one is is definitely education. Mm. So... And Jeremy Bellinson talks about this, how they did research in his lab as well for this about um, training through VR. And they had somebody, they had like a group of, uh, the the control group of people that they were studying to look at the effects of like, I don't know, it was like a Taekwondo video and seeing like how effective that was at teaching people Taekwondo. And then they had you learning it in virtual reality. And what ended up happening is when they studied the effects uh, on the mind, the body and the brain is that you learn at such a higher velocity and you just you really embody what is happening so what they did is they put you inside of like the taekwondo instructor's body so really it was as if you were the taekwondo instructor and you had to follow up you had to keep up with his moves what they found with it was that in that you know the effects afterwards is that the people that had gone through the vr experience had such, had like really memorized the moves and really, uh, how how, how could I say, um, like captured what the moves were to such a further extent when they looked at them weeks later that they still had memorized and and just had that muscle memory, um, to such a further extent than those that just watched on a video. And that, that sounds like, again, like really obvious, but the power of that is, is so incredible. So I think for VR learning, uh, uh, being able to see, let's say, mathematics in virtual reality. So, uh, you know, professor with a with a chalkboard or whatever, you know, maybe iPads, which is what they use now. I think my my niece, who's ten years old, has an iPad running around. But yeah, if, instead of a chalkboard, if I'm able to just watch him or her in VR deconstructing a really difficult um, mathematical concept or any concept for that matter, like visually and audit audio like with a very uh, strong audio element. Uh, that is very exciting, and I think that that's is what will uh also help pu- push the industry forward. But again, a lot of people think VR, they think games, so we're also kind of screwed culturally.
0: Uh, yeah, well, that's a, that's another podcast, isn't it? Yeah, we, we might be. Um, you know, that that's really powerful. I, I do, there's some other stuff that I do that, um, in you know, in terms of education, and um. Yeah. I could totally see that yeah the that that intersection between v r and education and even early learning um, and you know your niece at uh, ten you know you can even go obviously younger than that and uh, um, the uptake of technology and uh, the role that v r could play uh, in education in particular um, right that that's that's really powerful when when's the next uh do you have the next meetup planned when, Yes. when is it I-
1: so May 11th, uh, Thursday, May 11th in San Francisco at the Upload VR, the Collective, which is the VR and AR co-working space on uh, Mission and and 11th Street uh, and between Ben Ness. So,
0: oh. okay, get ready to be overwhelmed. You're gonna, uh, you might need a bigger space. Yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be great. We're doing social VR, so. With the announcement of, of the Facebook spaces, which transforms your entire, I don't know if you saw this, Chris, but transforms your entire Facebook, uh, or makes Facebook virtual, uh, which is now in beta release, uh, for Vi, uh, for Rift, sorry. Yep. Uh, I just installed it and it's like, it's really, it's really terrifying to look at yourself in VR, but it's also really fun. So yeah, that will be the the content for that, for that meetup.
0: Okay. Uh, May 11th. And, and so just to close out, uh, I guess I, you know, you, I learned you're, were, you're were a philosophy major. Um, but what's your background and, and how did you, you know, as a philosophy major, have you ended up, um, exactly where you always knew you would be? This was, uh, always your grand scheme.
1: Uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm still wandering, right. I'm just a hopeless wanderer. <laughs> um, no, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. Honestly, I, I just I, like I get you threw me off with the curveball in, in the first uh, the first question. And I, I think in a, in a weird way, this is always the gamer inside of me and uh, the, the curious person inside of me always hoped I would be in an industry like this one that is that is VR, that it's at the forefront of tech. So yes, to answer that question. But did I ever think I'd end up running an analytics company in virtual reality? Uh, most people don't even know what the hell that means, uh, <laughs> including myself. So no, <laughs> absolutely not, no way.
0: But it's fun. Yeah, and uh, and here you are. And as far as you know, as far as we know, um, it. it this is reality i mean it, you know we might be all part of a, a simulation and it may not be and you know the google searches are going up on that question uh, yeah. as you pointed out but uh, as far as we know um, we are in reality and this is in fact what you do every day
1: it is <laughs>
0: uh, alex thank you thank you for your time I, I you know i think i've come away i think my next step from here um and maybe you'll go in on it with me um the philosophy of vr uh, is is yeah. the book? Um, maybe it starts as a blog, but um, th- there's there's something to that, and uh, um, you know, maybe if if, you, if you're game, uh, you know, we can go we can go write something great. Right.
1: Definitely, there's one resource I'd love to point you to and to listeners to is called Philosophy Bro. He he got me through uh, my philosophy major, so he deconstructs in a, in a hilarious and caricatured way uh, what what Descartes and, you know, what, uh, any of the famous philosophers and classical philosophers, uh, wrote about. So anyways, if we could do something like that for VR, I think it would be great and hilarious.
0: So I'm, you have just ruined the rest of my work day because I'm going to go check out philosophy, bro. And, uh, I I bet I'll, you know, it'll be four hours later and I'll be like, wait, you know, I had all this work I had to do.
1: Oh, no, it's great. Honestly, it's great. Anybody that doesn't even care about philosophy, so one of the biggest things is just the linguistic kind of, you know, the linguistic differences or difficulties. This, yeah. He just deconstructs it by saying, "Yeah, I'll I'll let the readers read it. It's kind of vulgar, which is hilarious as well. Uh, but yeah, definitely smart guy who wrote that. So go go check that out okay. too. Okay. Uh,
0: awesome, Alex. Thank you. Thank you for your time. Thank you, Chris. I appreciate it.